Today is Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. This is Poet Kind Podcast, and I'm your host, Susan Mulder. It's been a while since our last episode, and today I'm bringing you an interview as well as some information on what to expect from Poet Kind in the future. You may have noticed that the podcast has become bi-weekly, and this last stretch has been maybe a little bit longer. This hasn't been intentional, but it's what's worked for now. Many of you know I'm a writer as well as a visual artist, and I have been busy behind the scenes working on a few projects, and one of them is a manuscript for a new book of poetry. This alongside of my day-to-day commitments means I've had to make some adjustments here at the podcast in order to make it all work. During the holiday seasons, I typically take a break from the podcast, and this year will be no different. But my hope is that when fresh episodes begin arriving in 2020, wow, that is so weird to think about, that we'll be back on track and able to provide great content and hopefully add some new elements along the way. Okay, with that taken care of, let's move on to this week's episode and welcome my guest, Joel Chacho. Joel runs the podcast Hack Sessions, and I've gotten to know him through Instagram and a couple of conversations we've had on the side. Joel is a musician, a poet, and loves to share new work, encourage other poets, and talk about all things poetry. Hey, I have the privilege of talking today with Joel Chacho. If you guys are familiar with Instagram poetry at all, you'll find him at Hack Poet. And also he does Hack Sessions. And it is a great podcast. I encourage you to look into it. But welcome, Joel. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me. This oh, my, thanks for joining me. This is my inaugural appearance on another podcast as far as interviews. Is oh, great. Great. So I'm, I'm happy it's with you. Yeah, I, I love giving folks a chance to do their first interview. I've had several of them, and I've had some that absolutely everything has gone wrong, and they're confident to go into the future and do as many as possible without worrying anymore. So if everything goes well, this will go off without a hitch. So. Oh, yeah, and, and it's been great to actually get to know you um, a little bit prior to this, this engagement because I contacted you. I, I found out about your podcast through an Instagram post on the New Yorican uh, Poets Cafe okay. Instagram page. And they had posted uh, that uh, basically a, a household name in that in that area, because that's a famous place for poetry in New York City. Right, and, right. And, and I found it by just randomly searching open mics one night and actually performed there. Didn't know that I was stepping into some place that had such a reputation. Such a background, yeah. And I forget the name of the guest, but they said uh, one of our favorite poets that stops by New York is a guest on the Poet Kind podcast. Yeah, um, Carlos Andres Gomez. Yes. An excellent it. poet. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, promoting his new book when I had him on. So, well, cool. That's really great that you got to perform there. Yeah, and I'm glad I didn't know its reputation before I did. <laughs> Isn't that the way to do it, though? Yeah, it, no, it was it was a beautiful story actually because my wife and I were in New York for the weekend. I had done some traveling, so we kind of had our getaway to recover and get used to being around each other. So we said, "Why not go to the Big Apple?" We were at a coffee shop, and I was doing my thing. Once I get coffee, I have coffee right now. Once I get caffeine in my bloodstream, I just start yammering on and i don't know if the quality is any good but i was doing my usual kind of musings on life and what i wanted to do and i made sense was like maybe i should check out if there's any open mics nearby one was the new york new yorican cafe poets cafe and it was a block away in an hour there were openings for their uh poetry slam the words matter poetry slam and so i signed up bought a ticket and went there and just carried on as usual. Turns out it was a, you know, kind of a big deal. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Well, hopefully it's the first of many performances then. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in the open mic poetry slam scene, but I don't know if that's for me. Definitely as a, as a, as a viewer, as an audience member, 
supporter of it. Um, but kind of seeing how it's done and getting to see some very good people, I actually had a moment where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. But I haven't made that decision yet. I do want to look into uh, some local ones. I'm in the Baltimore, D.C. area. It's certainly okay. easy to go to D.C., Baltimore, Philly, or New York City. Yeah. So I have the options. But Yeah, we are definitely about... located in an area that has a ton of great stuff that happens. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would like to talk to you about, well, a couple of things. Uh, you're the hack poet. So clearly you write poetry, and I know you are working on some things coming down the road. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I'll start with uh, I'll start with the hack poet and what that is. That is my handle on Instagram at the underscore hack underscore poet, and it was originally intended to be just an anonymous place online that I could post my thoughts and feelings in what I thought was poetic. Uh, it started actually even before that on my personal Instagram page where I just put the poem in the caption and had a nice picture with a filter. But I liked the feeling of doing that, and it's, it's something, it's been a common thread throughout my life. I'm a professional musician by trade, by schooling, and for all of my life I've done nothing but kind of seek to hone that skill. And I've always regarded writing as something very enjoyable and very cathartic, and certainly something that I, I resonated with. But it was only just something that would happen at segments in my life few and far between i'd get inspired and i would have a pen and paper now that you know with the dawn of smartphones just write something on my on my smartphone on my right. iPhone. i never made it something to do because i was a musician i was just always practicing always playing always performing but anyway when uh certain circumstances in my life kind of brought this writing thing more to the forefront and kind of surfaced a little more and i was doing it more and as a musician who's, you know, spent his life in a practice room, it kind of felt similar to those days when I would just lock myself in a corner of my house and play for four hours, six hours at a time. And then I, I go, oh, maybe I want to do this more. I want to do something more with it. So I recognize that with poetry real soon. And I also have, you know, at this point, I'm what, mid thirties. And I look back and I go, you know, there's been times in my life where I've done this just because. And I made a commitment around two or three years ago to just do it regularly as a practice for something personal. And I quickly made the Hack Poet page. No pictures of myself at the time, no identifiers. I didn't even put my name on there. I just started posting pictures and then you'd swipe through and find the poems. I really like that. And Instagram is a place that has communities, I'm doing air quotes, our listeners can't see the air quotes, but communities of, of anything you want to find. I mean, you can just search it. And I quickly found that, of course, there are writing circles, there are poetry circles, and people will put on live streams where they'll you can submit your stuff and, or tag it, and they will read it. And I got a few of those uh, right away and made some connections with people and had some you know, just very some very nice support come through that, and it, you know, it was all I needed to keep on going. Yeah. And so, it, without giving you the blow by blow, it, it basically started to pick up the momentum to where I, I, I at least recognize a knack enough, like a, a voice of my own, that I was like, I can do something with this, and that's what became the hack poet page. I get more and more involved. Yeah. Yeah. That way. What's interesting is, because we have a background of having talked, I know that you are more of a self-taught poet. Mm. You know, you come from that background where you're, you're classically trained as a musician and are approaching the poetry aspect just a little bit differently. And I, I find that intriguing because that's kind of the path I took mm. uh, after having gotten a degree in something else and then, you know, walking through poetry in a very different way yeah what have what have been some of the things that have really inspired you that you've stumbled across that you know poets that you like that move you forward that's interesting um i definitely see myself now as you're right self-taught in 
the world of poetry and writing. And it's kind of funny to me because I, I feel now what I suppose people that I've known in the past in my musical, the musical part of my life, where they would just right up front admit, oh, I'm just a self-taught musician. I don't, you know, whether it's in arrogance or humility, they, they just air that out right at the beginning. And, and now I feel like I can say that in poetry. I, I have the confidence enough to just go out and meet people and, and say, maybe even identify as a poet. And I think that's part of the, part of the process that's kind of brought me to where I am because it's kind of, I did the schooling for music the legit way. Yeah. Uh, the most legit way you can, like classical music, conservatory, headed for orchestra, you know, orchestral yeah. career and all that kind of stuff. And so people in the music world approach me with that, uh, with a kind of almost, um, not fear is not the right word, but they'll go, well, you know, I'm a musician. They always qualify things because if they're right. aware of my training, they somehow put themselves on a lower peg. And I've always, as a musician, being like, well, listen, I am not a snob when it comes to music. This is just my path. So same thing with poetry. I'm now on that end. I'm just ravenously enthusiastic about it. So my first, I started any awareness of poetry was with Frost. I was singing mm -hmm. uh, choral pieces that were set, that were settings of his poems, like The Road Not Taken, Take Something Like a Star. Um, what was the other one? I, I'm, I'm, there's a whole set of poems by this um that a, a composer named Randall Thompson set for chorus and piano. Okay. And uh, that was my first interaction. So when I came back to making poetry a thing that I would do daily, I started with Frost. And then I got tired of Frost, or I got stale. Like it was just, it was just, it was not doing it. It stopped, he ceased to um, really do it for me. And then I found Elliot, T.S. Elliot. Mm -hmm. And he's been a very, uh, uh, he's what I would call like, I've had so many experiences with reading Eliot where I would read something of his that I wrote something similar to this before I ever read it. it was, and Eliot in the quartets writes a lot about um, eternity and just kind of uh, the weird illusory nature of time. And those are pieces that I'm very familiar with. And it's just kind of funny that the timing of it was I would write something and then I came to a piece of his where I was like, ah, crap. Elliot wrote it like five years ago. <laughs> Not five years ago, years and years ago, back yeah. you know, before I was even born. Uh, and now I'm kind of turning towards, turning my gaze towards Dylan Thomas, Sylvia Plath, um, as well as trying to keep up with the constant flow of my, my colleagues and friends that uh, are constantly putting out content. And it's kind of overwhelming because I like to dwell on things. I, I definitely will sit on the same the same piece of poetry or the same poet for months, right? Just because I like reading it over again, reading it over and over again. But um, I have to admit the the downside of that is uh, it actually results in stagnation in, in my own creative life. And then once you know it, I read someone new, and all of a sudden I got all this inf inspiration to yeah to write new stuff. So right. Well, what, what took you from just writing it into developing hack sessions for your podcast? It was a natural outgrowth of, of immersing myself in the Instagram world, whatever I had to offer. And I gradually began, began to uh, take away my, my layers of anonymity just as a measure of good faith to kind of endear myself in that community. I found some people right away that I, I admired and still do admire quite fiercely. So I mentioned how they do live streams and on Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. the limits are you can only do an hour at a time. And the log jam is almost inevitable because people uh, uh, will just, you announce you're going to do a reading and people will send you two, three pieces. And there's just not enough time in an hour. You could do it right. multiple consecutive hours, but I always got the sense that even with the best readers and the people who were the most adept at, you know, emceeing a live session, a live stream on, a, on Instagram, there was still like this, I wanted more. 
I wanted more discussion. I, I wanted to stop on like pieces and linger and have them talk about how it makes them feel and do what they could to kind of really open something up. And just for whatever reason, circumstances being the main and the limitations of the application being the main one. So I'd always entertain the idea of, of starting a podcast. And that's why I was like, oh, this is this is the idea for me. I'm going to have a podcast that's intentionally long-winded. It intentionally lingers on ver- on less material mm-hmm. uh, in order to just do what I do naturally, which is drink way too much coffee and <laughs> talk to someone until they tell me to shut up. Yeah, which oh, is uncommon. They, yeah, which is because in you know the the fast pace of Instagram and Twitter and everything else, people don't linger. As much, and everything has to be fast, fast, fast. So to slow down and mm-hmm. really focus attention, I think that's a cool aspect of your your podcast. Thank you. And isn't it? I mean, isn't something that everybody realizes too? Uh, the kind of general assumption that t- how technology is negatively affecting human interaction. It's making people less patient. There's you know all these articles about epidemics of anxiety, depression that is possibly connected to spending so much time on a tablet. Yeah. Well, I know if I spend a lot of time, it affects me. It Mm. makes it difficult to focus. I I have trouble writing and yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a creature that definitely could use some domestication. I think, uh, I, to the extent that I have kind of given myself parameters in dealing now that I'm, I'm more involved than I ever have been on social media because of the hack book, because of the hack sessions podcast. Uh, I realized that that can spill over to the other side of taking stuff away from me that I don't want to be taken away. And the first thing to go is I feel stale, uncreative, just not like a person. The things I like about myself are, you know, start to corrode or corrupt. And I don't like that. So um, I'm still kind of fine-tuning that. I'll forever be fine-tuning it because the evolution of technology is going to march on and give us new ways to, new challenges for new sure. ways to distract ourselves. Uh, you talked a little bit about doing your live sessions. Those are really cool. And I want to make sure that the listener realizes, you know, if they follow the Hack Poet, you're, or I'm sorry, Hack Sessions, that you do this pretty regularly, don't you? At least once a month, sometimes more. Mm. And um, it's just a great time to, one, sit down with a poet and hear what they have to say, but also to hear from other voices that you might not otherwise find. So I think that's a neat aspect. Yes, um, I'll I'll unveil all the mystery of, of, of this because I just spent some time talking about how I felt the live streams are inadequate, but in some way it's kind of my compromise with the social media gods. I'm acquiescing to the fact that live streaming is a, is a cool, unique way to, and also you get to see me. You get to yeah. see my body language uh, as well as hear my voice. And I get to interact real time somewhat with people who comment as long as I read the scrolling comments at the bottom of the screen. But quite simply, it was, it was something that I felt like I wanted to do to have a feature of my life in podcasting and Instagram, social media, mavericking, whatever you want to call it, uh, to, to kind of uh, subvert that tendency I have to dwell on certain things. Mm-hmm. And so once a month now from my podcast IG page, the, Oh crap! I'm forgetting the handle, but it's if you just search Hack Sessions podcast, it'll come up. Right. And I do it from that page, and it's a way to connect with with people. And I specifically, and I'll make this more specific as time goes on. I want to connect with new poets and read new stuff, and and have that exposure, and also to capture in a way my first, uh, just the because you never get to recreate that first moment you read something. Right. And I'm undoubtedly reading, so I, everything I read, I, I like it. I find something of value in it. And a lot of times I know the people through my interactions on Instagram. But I think that's kind of cool of the podcasting world and this live streaming faculty is 
you'll get to kind of memorialize that first instant of, of reading something. So when you read something spectacular, or maybe you don't notice it and you come back to it and listen back to it in months or years, yeah. and you get to reacquaint yourself with that kind of childlike joy of, of being blown away by something. And I've had a few yeah. moments, like, I've had a lot of moments like that. Yeah. live stream or podcasting. So once a month, usually in the first week, I try to do that. And I put a little notice out saying, send me work to read. I don't know if I warned you ahead of time that I was going to ask if you would be willing to share a piece of your work. Mm, yes, you did. I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you mind doing a, a quick reading for us? Sure. And I've, I've left it. So um, I remember you asking me and I have a couple things in mind, and I still haven't made a decision. <laughs> so maybe we can play a little game here. So I'm really fond of the stuff I've recently written. Okay. And I've narrowed it down to a couple, but I also just wrote something this morning that I kind of like. That's kind of in the same vein. Um, so I don't know. Would you like something old or new or brand spanking new? What does your gut tell you is... <sighs> It's working I'm, right now. I'm leaning towards either the most recent thing that I posted on the Hack Poet, which is a poem called The Eternal Season, which I, I know you've, re you've read. Yep. And yep. then I wrote um, this morning when I was reading and writing, I wrote something completely new. And uh, I, as far as I can tell, I think it's pretty much in its final version. Okay. Well, so here's a question for you. How yeah. long is the new piece? They're both about the same length. It's well, they're not like a, super long. Yeah. Why don't you start with whichever one you want and end with the other one? I'll start with, okay, well then I will start with The Eternal Season. And this was written rather recently, so it's all new stuff anyway. But this is a poem I actually wrote in my journal a couple months ago thinking it was going to be part of a sequence of poems to submit for an anthology. Mm -hmm. People were asking for write about the seasons from where you live. I, I scrapped it. I immediately thought it was crap, but I was writing something else and I wanted to refer back to this. So I looked it up in my journal and wouldn't you know it, time made it something that I liked. <laughs> so okay. I just tweaked it a little bit. So this is uh, the eternal season. The eternal season is one season of shifting face and sleight of hand. A celestial kaleidoscope dropped among the dusty heavens. A needle drops. Listen, humanity's song is playing in the black. Sing love, sing war, sing cultures and kingdoms, sing art, sing eras, sing generations and seasons. The eternal season is but one season. One face ever-changing, one moment forever spinning, one perfect stillness standing. And for me, standing still as I am, wholly human with a penchant for meaning, only secures my foolish understanding of a world that can never be held in place, but always allows me to try. Yeah, I've read that one a couple times, and there's some really terrific lines in there. Um... So I'm anxious to hear your new one. Okay. And I think there is a connection between these. I like the idea of writing cycles or like connected poetry. Because um, sometimes I just get so, I feel so limited when I have to confine something to one poem. That's why a lot of my poems, especially earlier ones, are very long. I like the okay. kind of long kind of stream of consciousness kind of vibe. Uh, that I found in T.S. Eliot, but I'm now kind of obsessed with finding the, the middle ground between my voice, long-winded expression, imagery, and maybe confining it, putting a little bit of restraint. Like Hitchcock always famously had a set of parameters that he followed for each film. Mm -hmm. And it's resulted in things like Rear Window, where the entire thing was in one studio uh, soundstage in, in Hollywood. You know. Yeah. Or killing off the this one of the top billing stars in the first fifteen minutes in Psycho, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is this is an attempt in that era to 
to find that middle ground for me. And this is called, We Are the Machines of Meaning. We are the machines of meaning, matter geared and mired, masters of the hidden process, secret knowledge gnawing signatures in the material night. Make blood lose its color and taste, nourish love of life use, spend the marrow and breach the lung, hazard iron its hue, gasp the waking pageant wrought in the fray. Alchemists in allegory exact toll and toil, scream the void to gain dawning light. Language now walks upright, outpacing the gears of understanding. Infolded forms blossom with age. Timing despairs the dance that meaning's light never negates. Movement grips fixity and speaks beauty like the nameless flower. Still, holy human, I stand still. Seasons will wax and wane. Tides will shift on shoreless reason. Sifting precious knowing, elapsed in minds, tethered to time's arrow. I love the line, language walks upright. That is so oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I always love hearing how what lines flow to the surface. Of, I certainly have favorite lines in stuff I write. It's good to be proud of what you do. And so I, I do that. I say that to remind myself and whoever's listening to kind of push back against that unnecessary, maybe faux uh, arrogance that somehow, you know, materializes in artists where they, they kind of downplay what they do. You know, I, I like that line too. It, the imagery of a language being something that's, uh, well, as, first, as far as like the creation of language in human history, I, I forget the dates of when they project it came around, but uh, the idea of language walking upright, somehow being separate from man, homo erectus, whatever, you know, at this stage in evolution, is having a war, kind of having a race between our the very vehicle, the channel that we use to express things and communicate, might outpace us or be behind us. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, yeah. So, well, nice. Thank you for sharing. Um, it's always uh, maybe a little disconcerting to share something that's brand new, but it was it was wonderful. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. So what's what do you see coming down the road um, for both the podcast and for your personal work? So I'll start with the podcast. The podcast, um, in order to be sustainable, I have to be very kind of black and white with myself, and that's difficult. But my first goal is to make it just to a year of podcasting and then reassess. And I already have ideas of what uh, I will do moving forward because currently yeah. – my podcast has basically two modes, maybe three, but and that is the uh, interview-based episodes, which I call poetry potlucks. Mm-hmm. That's just where me, I invite a poet, and we both bring a poem to pass, and we converse over the connections that our writing has with one another. It's really anything goes. Yeah. And the other mode that came up after the beginning. Uh, beginning this project of the podcast is the solo session, which is just an excuse for me to talk into a microphone for around an hour, sometimes longer, but I select and curate poetry that I'm reading or poets that I want to get familiar with and kind of use that to weave together a conversation on anything from topical issues in the Instagram poetry worlds to just thoughts that I have. I like okay. I like doing that. After I make it to a year, this March 12th will be a year of hack sessions. Um, I'll have some sort of thing to celebrate it and you know, yeah. take time to really value what I've accomplished with that. And I'm going to add another mode to this this podcast. And that'll be likely a collaboration kind of episode. Uh, that will be something where I will just go to a poet and we'll collaborate over an idea. I don't know if it's going to be we both write a poem, a single poem together, but we'll certainly have a single, like a connected concept. Okay. 
and we'll write our own versions of it and we'll talk. It's just another excuse to talk to people about this. Right. About And um, I, I'm probably going to also cha- uh, change the uh, frequency of it. I've been doing weekly with the exception of taking like a month off in August for family and vacation and maybe around the holidays. But I think I might solidify my seasonal workload. Yeah. Because I, the goal is to be sustainable with this. It, you, you know that it's a lot of work to just be a one-man show and put out a, a podcast. Right. So I've had to do all these things to basically ensure that I, Joel Chacho, will stick to doing this because I'm – I have forever an idea, man, and very rarely a follow-through man. Okay. So that's with the podcast. Going forward with the hack session stuff, that, sorry, the um, my personal work as the hack boy, that's changed because originally when it was anonymous, I said, I'm going to put something new up once a week, and that was going to be my thing. And that lasted for about, it lasted a while. I think I, I did that. Uh, one new poem a week for maybe uh, 30 weeks or so. Okay. And, and I mean, you can, that's the beauty of Instagram is you could go and find this out just for a while, you know, just when they stop being a weekly, uh, weekly postings, that means that's when things started to shift and it was yeah. a natural progression, but it reflects now what I want to hold on to at all costs is continuing to develop my voice uh, continuing to develop and get better and you just need time for that yeah. it's you you can only put so much effort into that so going forward i i just post new stuff i, I might post this this new one today tomorrow um or sometime later this week i might let it sit and marinate but i want to go forward i have been working on a book idea we've talked about that offline and um right. I really, that's a, that's the next thing that I want to see myself complete. Like, it's really important for me to complete that and to include not publishing it, but that, you know, that's just a way to kind of get myself to that finish line. Right. You know, I, I used to be a distance runner and there were several long runs where you're just like, uh, you know, the training plan says run nine to 14 miles today. And I go, well, I'm just going to do nine. You get to nine, and you're like, well, if I go down the street, that adds another mile. So, all right, ten, right? And you just kind of you you through the power of your mind, inch yourself along that yeah. way. So that's the approach for the book. It's not even near a manuscript thing, but the co- concept is what I'm writing a lot about. Yeah. And that's actually how this the new piece that I wrote today. I wasn't writing for this book, but I was kind of I found it helpful to. Instead of just say, I'm going to write poetry today, I'm just going to start writing and it's like brain dump. And then you see like, it's almost like reading tea leaves, you know, you just, you just throw them out. (laughs) Right. And then someone goes, Oh, I see a, you have something in your future that looks very exciting, but be cautious. You know, I was was writing this list of things this morning about just uh, distilling kind of some of the lessons that the typical themes that comes up with conversations with people like yourself or in podcasts or offline with other uh, creative friends. And I developed like a list about eight things that I always think about. I always just hit my microphone. Um, I do. And one of them was in straight up a one, two, three, four list. And number four was we are meaning machines. And then I rewrote it immediately. I said, we are the machines of meaning, especially artists and particularly poets. We speak meaning. Right. And so I was like, hmm, I like it. And that's how a poem, and that's how poems, that's where poems come from. (laughs) You know? Um, So you take all of it. That's one thing I've noticed. It's like uh, parameters and limitations are good. But then you got to have just like chaotic, like uncertainty as well. Yeah, I you just, have to be open to what comes your way. Yeah. And that was, and that's basically the story of everything I'm proud of that I've written. I can tell you the story of, of where it came from because it was like, it was almost like a gift. Yeah. Or it is a gift actually. Yeah. 
the idea to me. And then I just basically, the poem is a, in a sense, all poetry is love poetry to that, just the joy of receiving something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, you know, I think of other people out there who are just getting started who might get a chance to hear this. Mm-hmm. What's your, do you have any like nuggets of advice? You threw a couple in there just now, but do you have anything that you would say to somebody just getting going? The first thing is if you've identified that writing is your thing and you, you enjoy writing poetry, you just got to keep writing. You should aim to empty the pen every time. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something that is actually difficult, at least for me to do the more I go on is the, is keeping the act of writing, you know, because you get hung up in your brain and you get aware and self-conscious and there's that moment of innocence when you're first in the joy of, of creating stuff that you are going, it's going to pass. That phase is going to go away and you're going to enter a phase where you, like I said, like I said about myself, you start making it a practice. You start making it a a discipline, right? And you begin to relate to it in a way. And for anybody who's been in a long relationship, you can make the analogy as, as you get to know someone better, the more time you spend, you, you just get to know them more intimately. And that is, good and bad. That's the joy of relationship and <laughs> and the part that no one tells you about because it, why do you want to go around saying bad things about your spouse? You don't. And it's not, there's no bad things to be said, but the reality can land on people like you're complaining or whatever. Right. And same thing goes with, I think, artistic endeavors. You relate to it and it, you become obsessed with it. You have the, the honeymoon, honeymoon phase and you keep it going, trying to recreate all those sparks, right? And then eventually it stops, the flint stops sparking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you come across the, the same place that everybody ever has ever. It's like, why do I do this? So keep writing. Empty that pen every time. Go for emptying, emptying that pen every time. I just had an interview with a, a wonderful poet from uh, the UK, Samuel H. Hurley. Ask guys, uh, I, I'm I'm man I'm man crush on this guy, and I, I'm not ashamed to say it. He he's just got a, a handle on the presentation, the embodiment of being a poet, and it was wonderful to talk with him. And he wrote this piece for our episode together that talks about the poet is the most unpoetical creature ever created, meaning that the poet can only be because he's like an empty vessel. He, she's like an empty vessel. And it, it goes through life. You go through life experiencing being lonely, not only the lonely act of, uh, of writing the solitary act, which can be enjoyable, but, um, being a poet is, is ugly. It is, it's, it's lonely, it's empty, but it, it also means that you can be filled. It also means that you value visits and visitations. Um, the other thing that I think is really important, I think about this stuff a lot, so I'm just, I'm just like, you, you stop me. I could keep going. But the other thing is, is that there is no competition. I think this is a very important thing to understand because I'm a, you're talking to me. I'm so glad to like have this connection with you and Instagram can give someone an impression of being more than they are. And that's good and bad, but, um, there is no competition. Because no one can beat you at being you. And this actually includes if you intentionally try to be someone else. You, right. you can't. Like, I'm a, you're, you're an artist, poet, and among any other ways you can, uh, you can distinguish yourself. Another, any, any kind of metric you can measure your personhood by um, is the formation of Susan Mulder, right? And for me, it's like, musician, poet, um, formerly very religious, but now just in a new area of life, like all that stuff has formed me. And that's how I speak. Those are the filters and those are the, the legs and arms that I, I walk through life with. I can't avoid, I can't, can't not speak that way. I can't not be that way. And once I realized that 
it's kind of a permissive, a permission slip to just continue doing what you're doing and write as if there's no competition because no one can out Susan, Susan, no one can out Joel, Joel. Right. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of, I don't know, I've developed this philosophy over the course of the last year and a half of, you know, I think personally, I'm not a competitive person. And that's why I struggle with some of the the stuff out there with, you know, getting your work and submitting it and competing against other poets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not that I'm not confident about my work. It's I just that's not I don't know. I would much rather sit down and talk with somebody, build them up. Let's work together. We're better together than we are. You know, we can compare notes. Let's not compare ourselves. That tagline I use. Yeah. Um, It's so important to find your people, find your tribe, whatever you want to call it, and then build each other up together. I just think that's probably the best thing because when you get all this creativity going and you get working with the people that that um understand that beautiful things start to happen so yeah and you get i mean you it's the epitome of you give and you get right you know the moment i i pull my myself out of any sort of black hole of just uh being alone and and keeping to myself and thinking you know just kind of just spiraling inside my head it's it's always met with just like almost ecstatic uh, ec- ecstasy actually when I reach out to friends or go on someone else's live stream and just listen to poetry being read or read a new poet um, it, you the other thing I, I also the, the thing that I've um, I talked about this in a, a podcast but I was musing on I was musing on a Bukowski poem and you Bukowski being who mm-hmm. he is um, had a, had a very had a very, um, very blunt uh, and very to the point opening line. Are we allowed to swear on here and be a little crude, or do would you? I, I can just that. leave it. Well, anyway, it. actually, he he ex- he expressed in the way that only he can about how much he um, he loves women and being with a lot of women, right away on the first line. And I was reflecting, and I was like, I can't really personally relate to that because I've not lived a life like that, but. I could translate that to being you have to be experientially promiscuous because mm-hmm. the title of the poem, I should have said the Bukowski poem is how to be a great writer or how to be a great poet. It was one of those two. Okay. And so it was just like this, you know, it wasn't roll the dice. It wasn't, you know, who knows if it's, you know, a poem that anybody remembers by him because he wrote so much, but um, I was, I really, like that idea of being experientially promiscuous, just go out, go, you know, everybody talks about your, your life starts outside your comfort zone was something that was a a notion that was popular in social media recently, but everybody acknowledges this idea of, you know, kind of pushing yourself or trying new things and how that's stimulating. And I just say as a, as an artist in general, not even being specific, but certainly for poets, just going out and living life and just being open, like you even said earlier, being open to that and being empty enough and vulnerable to that is where all the fun happens. Yeah, yeah. Just presenting um, presenting that open heart in those new experiences. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to write about something you've never seen or something you've never felt or, you know, again, the word experience. So get at getting out there and doing things or finding a new way to look at something you see every day, mm-hmm. you know, turning it a different direction and finding a way to um, express that. It can be as simple as, you know, you don't have to travel to different countries. You can just, your own backyard, your own town, your own family, find a way to look at it differently. Mm. Um, And asking questions, instead of approaching it like, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to describe this, you know, turn it around and say, what if? And that can, you know, reverse the perspective remarkably when you're trying to write something, so... 
Are you familiar with a, a chap named G.K. Chesterton? Have you ever heard of that name? G.K. Chesterton? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, the only book, I'm paraphrasing here, but the only book I ever, I only read one of his books. Apparently he was also a poet and took a stab at some sonnet writing. I don't, I've never read any of it. Yeah. But uh, he has this one perspective It's that he essentially says that there are two ways to best know something, whatever that is. One is as an insider, and the second is as an outsider. And they both offer, the point being, they both offer the most valuable and accurate portrayal of whatever that object is. Mm-hmm. And it sounds pretty simple. I mean, and there's obviously everything in between those two you know, ends of the spectrum, but it's kind of one of those moments where you, like you were saying, it's, you know, switching the perspective, flipping it on its head. If it's possible to step away from something you're so familiar with and view it as someone who's unfamiliar with it, that could be where all the stuff you're looking for is or vice versa. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, I think with that, um, I'm going to ask you just to quick go over your social media, where folks can find you. And then if you have anything specific coming up in the next month or so, you can highlight that. And I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, well, thank you, Susan. I appreciate the time to talk with you. It's, it's been great. I'm enjoying our interaction. So, uh, the easy way, I'm exclusively an Instagram monster. I am on, for my personal writing, if you want poetry and pretty pictures, go to at the underscore hack underscore poet on Instagram. And that's where I post when I feel like it, original poetry. And the podcast you can find currently on iTunes, Spotify, and my website, uh, there's a link in the Instagram page for that po- for the podcast. And that's at Hack Sessions Podcast, all one word, I believe. Let me just actually see that. I'm going to double check that. This is technically a sidebar. No, okay. <laughs> podcast can be found on Instagram uh, at Hack underscore Sessions underscore Podcast. I don't know why I keep on putting underscores and everything, but it seems to be a trend. <laughs> that I am, it's, maybe it's even a conspiracy I'm bound to get to the bottom of. But uh, once a month on that page on Instagram, I do the live streams where I reach out to anybody who wants to submit poetry to read live and hear me kind of in real time read it and respond to it briefly because there are limitations. And that is that is it. The, the website for my podcast is all one word, hacksessionspodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. So that's hacksessionspodcast.libsyn.com. And those are the main ways to get in touch with them. You can also email hack, all one word, no underscores, hacksessionspodcast.gmail.com. Excellent. Well, hopefully, hopefully you'll get some folks sending you some new material and... I look forward to hearing what you've got coming next. That'd be great. Thanks so much, Joel. Thank you, Susan. Okay, one last reminder. Look for Joel at the underscore hack underscore poet for his personal Instagram feed and at hack underscore sessions underscore podcast to follow along and catch his live sessions, poetry potlucks, and interviews. That's it for 2019 and our final episode of the year. It feels a little bittersweet. There have been some great people who have joined me here at PoetKind, and it has been a ton of fun. Writers, poets, musicians, creatives of all ilks, and I can't wait to meet the new ones that will come along in 2020. I wish I could thank each and every one of my listeners personally, but I'll do it here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy lives to share a few moments with me. Time shared is always a gift. Whether you've been a guest, 
a regular listener, or have just found yourself here for the first time, thank you so much. Poetkind was born out of a desire to bring something good to the table, to provide opportunities for all levels of experience to share their journeys, their stories, and things they've learned along the way. Poetkind is proud to have provided a platform for new poets, of which we've had several, and have also had the pleasure of seeing their successes grow over the last year. We love celebrating their accomplishments. Wow, you are all out there doing such amazing things, and it's really exciting to watch it all unfold. Thank you to each of my guests, my listeners, for allowing Poetkind to be a tiny part of your journey. A couple of final things. Poetkind is a free platform. I receive no payment or compensation other than the gift of a book from time to time, which, by the way, I adore. This also means that I am unable to offer compensation to my guests beyond a deep gratitude and a place to share what they do. My hope is that this remains sustainable in the coming year. There will be needs along the way like equipment or software. There are many ways you can also show your support for Poetkind. Tell others about us, share your ideas to help us improve the podcast, and consider visiting our wish list on Amazon for ways to support our continued production needs. One of the best ways you can help out is by leaving reviews and ratings on your favorite listening platforms. As always, you can visit Poetkind on Instagram and Twitter at Poetkind Podcast. Say hi, I love to hear from you. Message Poetkind anytime, or you can also email at poetkindpodcast at gmail.com. I'm beginning to schedule for 2020, and I don't know what the coming year holds, but no matter what, I wish you all the best of what remains in this year and a full and beautiful 2020. I will always believe that we are better when we support each other, build each other up. It's great to compare notes but let's not compare ourselves. We each have our own unique voice that we bring to this table. Painters, writers, poets, musicians, songwriters, producers, whatever it is you've been created to do, get out there and do it. Find your people, the ones that encourage you, strengthen you, help your work grow, and then work hard at becoming what you were meant to be. Poetkind will continue to strive to create a space of welcome, of grace, and of support for the creative endeavors that I believe have the capacity to make this world a better place. We say it in our name, but let's remember, write kind, paint kind, create kind, poet kind, but above all, be kind. Until next time, thank you and enjoy the rest of this day. One last note, an extra special thank you to Mr. John McLeod. He has provided the amazing music that you now hear for each Poet Kind episode. Thank you, John.